ESPN Radio, the SportsZilla Show. I'm SU basketball coach Jim Beheim, and you're listening to Rain Man. And Matt. Half my age, but twice as bald. The guys that play here are the guys that I think can help us. I don't give a what you or anybody else thinks or writes. The guys here that are ready to play are going to play. I've been doing this for 45 years. I think I know who should be in the game and who shouldn't. Rain and Matt. That's our best team. That was really a productive segment, wasn't it? The Sports Zealous Show podcast is available on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify Podcasts, TuneIn, and SoundCloud. Or find it on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at ESPN Syracuse, at ESPNUR, and at ESPN Sports we had a really good interview, conversation, chat, celebration of the Bayheim's Army win at TBT with Jim Bayheim yesterday. That was a very appropriate opening to the Sportzilla show. And you might be wondering, hey, I missed that. Can I hear that? Well, of course you can. You ready for the, is it cheap pop? Yes, that's correct. Shameless plug? Yes. James Mitsubishi Sportsilla Show podcast, wherever you get yours, Apple, Google, Spotify, SoundCloud, Timelines, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and the stories at ESPNUR and at ESPN Syracuse. I think TuneIn and Amazon, did I miss those two? Yes, you did. It's everywhere. It's on social media. It's also on demand, and you might ask where? QSportsTalk.com. We'll get you in the chat in just a couple of minutes. we got to get a Twitch poll up there. Hey, are you a Yankees fan? Yes or no? And are you looking forward to Yankees on deck tonight at 6 o'clock with no axe delay tonight? It's a thing. It's a thing. It's an ongoing thing. He's aware of it. He knows he does it. I brought you by Fro and Son Funeral Home Pathfinder Bank of the Killebrew Saloon at 6 o'clock tonight. Matt and I will be back for Yankees on deck. But we got two hours with you right now here, yes, on the Sports Illa Show. We'll get you ready for another game against the Seattle Mariners. Uh, can I give some audio to prove that what I was talking about, I didn't make this up? Uh, Brent said this yesterday. I believe. Do we have Yankees on deck coming up next, uh, friends? I believe we do. Rain and Matt on the way. Tommy? Give me the thumbs up on that, so I'm, I'm sure I'm running late for Yankees on deck if it is uh, next, which I'm sure will send Rain and Matt into just complete shock that that has happened because <laughs> I'm always on time getting them off at the right moment for that show. And something's coming up next. Listen to it, okay? Have a great weekend. There's a rough choice of words there about what you're going to do to me and Matt, but needless to say, we'll just move on. Should be locked in at 6 o'clock tonight. Listen, we've got a Syracuse football practice under our belts now. Yeah. About a month away. I'm pretty hyped for that. Uh, you got some alums that were there. You had Rob Carpenter. I followed him. And he followed me back on Twitter last night. Nice to see him back. Kirby Dardar. Just to name a couple. They were there. Do to you ch- say these things for like an ego boost? Because you're constantly talking about guys following you or shouting you out on Twitter. You're the king of humble brags. Am I? Yeah. Really? You just based on the fact that your face just turned red from blushing when I said that and called you back out on your BS. Oops. Uh, effect, but yeah, it's a pretty cool thing. I mean, you got, you got to love stuff like that. And you think I wasn't going to use that as an opportunity over this weekend to reach out to him and talk about this? Because here's the cool thing that they're doing, and they want to make this a tradition. Uh, one of the things that stood out to me as I was reading up on uh, some of what happened, you heard Stephen Bailey talking about it with the guys on Orange Nation, for example. Uh, Mike McAllister was up and in there. But they want these guys to come back. You know, they're they're dapping up or checking in with the guys that are wearing their old number when they played here. And that's a tradition that should really continue. Letting these guys know, listen, we understand what happened last year. We're here for you. We believe in you. We think we can get this better. Very interesting when I heard uh, Stephen Bailey talking about, listen, if Dina wins four or five games, who are you going to bring in here to fix this? He might have a job beyond this year, pending, of course, he chooses to depart, which is always an option 
that he has. Uh, but I think we can turn this around. There's a lot of variables that are, are positive and in Syracuse football's favor now. And I'd like to believe, as Dino has said, you wipe the slate clean. Yes. You've got to give them that. Uh, good luck. If if you were the coach of Syracuse under the circumstances they played, and, and really everybody played in last year, it was tough. It, but Syracuse had, I think, in some senses, a few unique circumstances uh, that led to a very tough situation. You got quarterbacks in the room now. You got health and offensive line. You've got some talent. You got some depth. You can have a full roster. It was very depleted last year. What was it in around 50 guys last year at one point? Yeah. And, you know, you talk about the circumstances. When your starting fullback is now on your offensive line blocking, that's usually a problem. You can be disappointed with the season they had last year because point blank, they sucked. I don't think that they're going to tell you any different. They realize one win is not a good season or successful. That was actually something that was addressed by Dino. Uh, we've had some media availability with Kingsley Jonathan and uh, Chris Elmore. He's actually going to be playing his normal position. Think about that. These guys, they don't want to leave on that note. I mean, we've got sixth-year seniors now, but they're going to get it done. You've got to give them a chance to get to the first game, play some games, win some games, and then we can reassess what we have. We have to hope it's better than next year. It just has to be better than last year. I think it'll be better in the first month than it was all last year. All right. It's ESPN Radio Sports Illus Show. Thanks for being with us. Cuse and us. We go 97.7 and 100.1. Utica Rome is 96.5 FM. We like having you there. There's an Amazon Alexa device. We should mention that. We don't do it all the time, but we will now. You just enable and open the ESPN Syracuse skill or the ESPN Utica Rome skill. You can also listen on the dot coms, ESPNUR.com or ESPNSyracuse.com. Uh, that's good right there. Um, did you see? I want to throw a name at you, Josh Allen, signed till 2028. He has been extended by the Buffalo Williams. Let's just hope they stay there and don't go to Austin, as has been reported. 280 million guaranteed, or I'm sorry, 280 million overall. Guaranteed $150 million. Uh, where do you spend it all? You can't spend it all in one place. <laughs> I mean, I guess you could, what's, right? What's the first thing you buy when you got that kind of life-changing, life-altering money? Uh, probably a sandwich. What's the difference between $150 million and $280 million? When you have that many millions, nothing in your lifestyle is affected. You can do anything that you want financially. That's fair. Uh, pretty much. Wow, that's a lot of money. Other than by Amazon, I suppose. Uh, I mean, that's billions. Well, it's funny you brought up Josh Allen because right now our Twitch poll currently going on is how many Super Bowls will Josh Allen win in Buffalo? Is it zero, one, two, three, or four plus? A lot of people are saying my New York Giants, and by the way, you hear those games right here on ESPN Radio, another cheap pop, shameless plug. Um, but the Buffalo Williams, okay, let me just say this as a Giants fan who loves to troll Williams fans until you got really good and they're better than my Giants. They're the least valued team in the NFL, and they're worth like $2.7 billion. Man, can you imagine? And yet the Cowboys are reigning, defending of that, uh, I guess, what, what would you call it, a title? The highest value? Yeah. Uh, that's like six years in a row, seven years in a row, 15 years in a row. It's like every year. I guess they are America's team as far as value. It's $6.5 billion. That's a lot of money. Um, but they're also worse than the Buffalo Bills on the football field right now. And they lost... I'm sure it made Pauly happy, which doesn't make me happy. I like it when he's sad. His Steelers beat the Cowboys in the Hall of Fame game last night. But that also means on top of Syracuse football and college football, guess what? The NFL is back. The NFL is back, and that's ultimately all that matters to me. I couldn't root for either team last night, but it is what it is. Your Patriots are in second place, by the way. 
Giants are third at $4.85 billion. The Jets are just over $4 billion. And they seem to be on a path to finally figuring it out and turning things around. All right, that's enough to get us started. I'll throw a few more names at you real quick. Joining us today on the Accelerate Sports Complex phone line, Eric Dievendorf in just a few minutes. Mike Curtis is on the way from Syracuse.com. Michael Lear will be joining us. He also had a great interview with Jim Beheim at TBT. Yes, he did. I'm <laughs> just putting that out there. Uh, that's uh, funny to us. Jordan Capozzi is going to join us. And Sean Coffey for three, head coach at Utica College Men's Basketball, is going to join us. He's going to talk some NBA with us, free agency draft and whatnot. Your Knicks, your Lakers, where's Carmelo, uh, Alan Griffin's on the summer league team, et cetera. Jeremiah Grant, of course, uh, has a chance to go for gold. And by the way, so does Brianna Stewart. Uh, so we'll always tie that back in locally and bring in the Olympics too. First segment of the day, you ready for it? Let's do it. It's called Does It Matter on ESPN Radio. Does it matter? It's the Sportszilla Show with Rain and Matt on ESPN Radio and twitch.tv slash QSportsTalk. Does it matter? Well, I guess the obvious is, does it matter that the SU football practice is the first ones done for the season so far? Yeah, it, it really it does. Happened. Got a few guys that are no longer with the team. We covered that yesterday. Really, the thing is the health of the offensive line and what's going to happen at quarterback. We've had the conversation a few times this week, and it is an open-ended competition right now. Tommy DeVito is not the starter in waiting. If you really listen and, I guess, read between the lines with the colorful language used by Dino, listen, both of these guys are going to have an opportunity to start against Ohio September 4th. I can't wait. And, and, and they have different skill sets, too. So... But one way or another, we're going to have a good backup. I suppose that's fair to say, no matter what happens. And who's to say you're not going to see them both anyways, depending uh, depending on the opponent and the situation and the game and what you might need. Well, that was going to be my question. Do you feel like they're going to, there will be a scenario where you'll see both of those guys play different drives? Yeah, I mean, I... Or at least for different plays. And you need to see, no matter who it is, or from both of them, some success translate on the field. Uh, there, there's hope, there's promise, there, there's your number or your number of stars you had in recruiting. Uh, there's how you're touted coming in as a transfer if you're Garrett Schrader. Uh, there's the guys that we've seen a little bit from that are the depth quarterbacks right now, still kind of learning and developing. But you know what? At the end of the day, uh, we didn't expect the quarterback situation to be what it was last year, and it didn't turn out the way we wanted. So you must produce results on the field. Hi, Matt. I'm master of the obvious. This is Sports Illustrated on ESPN Radio. We're going to get into another question. Uh, NFL football returned last night in Pittsburgh won. Does that matter? No. Okay, moving no. on. It was, I mean, it was Hall of Fame game, right? It, it, yeah, I, I mean, I kind of... Was it boring last night? It was really boring. Boring. You know you weren't going to see, even with Dak Prescott being sidelined to recover the shoulder strain that he has and from throwing, you need him to get healthy for the regular season. You knew you weren't going to see him. You weren't going to see Big Ben. It, it's just a pomp and circumstance to kick off the season. It's cool that it's at the Hall of Fame and all that. But what a nonsense game. Well, it's funny because my dad was, was complaining while watching it last night. Where's the starters? I'm like, it's preseason. You're not going to see them until at least week three. It's not even really a preseason game. It's ultimately just a scrimmage that they happen to throw their uniforms on for. That's correct. It's really all it feels like. But it does mean the NFL is back. Listen, we're going to have the NFL till February. Hallelujah. It's that time of year. Next question. Does it matter that Joey Gallo's home run went higher than it did far? It's, it's over seven seconds of hang time. I mean, it's not often somebody hits a home run. 
And by the way, it had 110 exit velo. Yes. He hit it hard, but he hit it high. He just looked straight up. I feel like everyone did. And everybody just waited and waited and waited. And then it finally fell. And waited. And then you looked at your watch. And then you waited. And it just cleared the wall. I don't think that was a home run in any other stadium in Major League Baseball. Uh, but I'll take it, though. Uh, yeah. In any other stadium, you just go, oh, he popped him up. That's it. It's a routine fly ball to right field. Uh, but, you know, did you see his reaction? Oh, he was ecstatic. He, listen, grew up a Yankees fan. He stated that family's from there, even though he grew up in Las Vegas. It means something to him to come to the Yankees. That's his favorite team growing up. And he was pressing a little bit. He had a couple of doubles so far to hit that home run. Maybe that opens the floodgates for him. Now the pressure's off. He finally got that first one. He was really, really, really pumped up when he hit that. Uh, I Kind of a, a meaningless home run, sort of. But it was his first. Big deal to him. I was going to say, I, I think it means a lot, actually. A couple, to him, a couple more for him tonight, maybe? Uh, let's do it. Uh, I guess we're going to have to find out. Uh, another question for me on Does It Matter here quick? Uh, last one. The Yankees have actually been hitting with runners in scoring position since the trade deadline. Does that matter? Yeah, it seems like an anomaly, but I, I wonder if just kind of getting off a little bit against Baltimore for a couple games in a row, that's the first time they've had back-to-back games with 10 or more runs offensively. They needed that. They needed a cream puff. We said this on Yankees on deck. They needed a team like that's garbage like the Oreos to just annihilate and to just get right and give this line up with these new additions, a chance to kind of feel each other out. You've got to get used to certain guys hitting. Exactly. Like DJ LeMay, who had talked about, I mean, he's got protection now from Joey Gallo in the lineup or from Rizzo. When a pitcher knows he has to face these guys, he's going to pitch a little bit different to DJ LeMay, who are the guys in front of him or even the guys after him. So you link the chain together, uh, you lengthen the lineup, and I guess you see what happens. And so far, the results have been positive. They've won seven of their last eight series. They're the hottest team with the best record in the MLB since July 4th, which if you, if you step back and you go, wow, it didn't seem that way. No, it definitely did not. But there it is. And, and a lot of Yankees fans have been griping because we're entitled and that's what we do. A couple games back of the wild card now, five and a half games back in the American League East. It's getting interesting. Needless to say, we'll stop right there. We're going to talk to Eric Devendorf next on ESPN Radio. <laughs> The Sports Zilla Show from 2 to 4. Against Bayheim in the lane. Oh, block. Block. Again by Griffin. What a block by Alan Griffin. He saved the game at both ends of the floor. It's time for Rain and Matt. Are you going to change because of one game? No, I'm not. I'm just, I'm just. Well, let me explain this to you. We've got three guards, and we're going to use all three. All right? Got it? You guys want to coach? Go get a high school. Go, go get a team somewhere and coach. All right? It's the Sports Zilla Show with Rain and Matt on twitch.tv slash Q Sports Talk and ESPN Radio. We've invited you. One of the benefits of joining us at QSportsTalk.com on Twitch, of course, is joining the chat. Kevin from Liverpool, since, of course, everybody knows we're going to talk to Eric Devendorf here in just a second. He wants to know if he got mad when the guy threw him down. I want to know about embracing the guy from Team 23 in that instant that they won the million dollars. Uh, Eric hit the button to put a lot of money in a lot of guys' accounts thanks to Zell. That was amazing. Uh, so Kevin also wants to know if he got a 1099 when he walked off the court for his taxes. Uh, just want to welcome the champ, Eric Devendorf, upon here. Winning with Bayheim's Army at the tournament. Just outstanding. It's been a crazy few days. I'm sure you're exhausted. Just your general thoughts, Devo, to say hello. 
Oh yeah, man. First of all, I appreciate you guys having me on. Yeah, it's just it's been an amazing uh last few days. Just all the support and all the love has been unreal. Um yeah, still sinking in a little bit. Um but what a what an amazing accomplishment and an amazing memory um you know that we're able to share with Cuse Nation. Yeah, and we were hyped beyond belief. I want you to know that directly. I'm sure you've heard this from hundreds if not thousands of people by now. I'm sure your phone blew up. But we were so locked in on that personally. Uh, just corresponding with other fans and journalists and everybody. Uh, you did something not just for central New York, but you know how big that Syracuse Orange basketball family is nationwide. And everybody was feeling it. it meant a lot to a lot of us, and I know it meant a lot to you. But I want you to take us through the, the 24 hours after you won TBT. We got some thoughts from Jim Beheim yesterday. We got some thoughts from Coach Jeremy Pope yesterday. But from your perspective and experience, what a whirlwind it must have been. Oh man, it was it was unbelievable, man. Like I said, just um, you know, the past few days it's kind of been a blur. Um, you know, just celebrating, uh, obviously into the night, just hanging out with the team. Yeah, it wasn't too much to do in Dayton, but we were just hanging outside the hotel and uh, you know, just talking about the game and the tournament and all the hard work and and sacrifice that we all had to put in. Uh, what a great group of guys! Um, I know we didn't have all Syracuse guys, but um, they are now. Those four guys are Syracuse guys now, and. Uh, you know, just couldn't have been a, a better group to do it with. Um, you know, I'm just ecstatic and happy um, that we were able to make it happen. I know you referenced on the court right afterwards your family was there, but specifically as far as being a father and being able to do that with your daughters, and, and we've talked about this before, how important they are, you, are to you clearly. What was your girl's reaction? What was your daughter's reaction to dad doing something like that? With the world watching, I mean, this is a big deal on ESPN. Oh, I mean, you know, they've they've been here before. I mean, this isn't their first rodeo. I mean, they were they were at the SU games, sure. um, you know, when I when I was playing, and um, they've been with me overseas. So, um, you know, they're they're definitely uh, uh, a part of this SU family, and they know how you know important and passionate it is um, to me and the community. And um, you know, it was just a blessing to be able to share it with them, to share it with you know my, the rest of my family, and then uh, to be able to share it with Cuse Nation. That, that's what it's all about. Talking to Eric Devendorf here on the Sports Illustrated Show on ESPN Radio. I had forewarned Eric that we talked to Jim Beheim yesterday. We bragged about that a little bit yesterday. It's always nice to get a few minutes with Coach. But to watch the evolution of your relationship, to watch you go over and hug a smiling Jim Beheim, and Julie was going out of her mind, and the boys were there, and it's it's family to you. I mean, he was a proud father, and I get the sense that you kind of look at him in that sense. I want to share with you the words he had directly about you yesterday, Eric, and have you... I'll react to that. It's about 90 seconds. Here we go. Give a listen. Well, it reminds me of what was here. And there were several critics that said, you know, he wasn't a good kid. You know, he shouldn't be here. He wasn't the kind of student athlete you want to have. And, and he admittedly, obviously, did have difficulties. But he he persevered. He worked through them. And now he's probably as as valuable a member of our community as anybody. I mean, he he raises money for kids, for you know, charities, uh, shoes, coats, uh, all kinds of things. And, and just has been great in, in terms of his development. And it's a great lesson for people to understand, you know, you can have your difficulties, but you can overcome them. You can be really, uh, have a great impact on people. And Eric is done that and uh, I'm as proud of him as any player that I've ever coached Yeah, uh, because you know he it's been a journey and he's a great father 
He's a great member of our community, and uh, it was just great to see uh, him have success in this tournament. And, he, you know, he, he made a couple of huge shots in the game. Yep, yes, he did. Uh, which is difficult. Andrew White made a couple of huge shots in the first half that kept us in the game. I mean, C.J. Fair made some plays early. I mean, it was really a great team effort. That's Jim Bayham talking about Eric Devendorf, who's on the phone with us right now on ESPN Radio. I'm pretty sure, Eric, that you know how he feels about you, but to hear those words when you're not privy to them, uh, what's your reaction to all that? I mean, well, that's my family. You know, Coach, Julie, Buddy, Jimmy, Sissy. Um, you know, I've I've known them since 17 years old. And um, like Coach said, been through a lot of ups and downs, but they stuck with me. Um, you know, they never, you know, batted an eye or, or said anything wrong to me. They just, you know, always were there with me and, um, you know, helping me persevere through all those times. And, you know, I'm just thankful for them. You know, I mean, they leave, you know, they leave the back door open for me to go shoot in the gym whenever I want to, to make sure I'm ready for these type of things, this, you know, the TBT. And, uh, you know, I just can't say enough about the support from Coach and Julie and, and the family. It just means a whole lot to me. You know, a, a Hall of Fame guy like that, a, a person of that caliber to, to be able to, you know, say those things, it means a lot, seriously. Eric, we wanted to ask you about – uh, the when the shot went in for the final buzzer, and you the first thing you do is embrace the opponent and one of the opposing players on Team Twenty Three. Why did you do that, and what did you say to him as you were walking off the court? Well, it was funny because right when the shot went in, I you know obviously my first reaction I was running towards Kiefer, and then you know as I was running, uh, Washington actually fell right into me. You know, fell right into my arm. So I kind of just fell right there and you kind of just laid laid on the ground and I was just like man bro you you're a great player you know I appreciate the competitiveness and, and everything and um you know I don't know if he really said much but he actually messaged me on Instagram uh yesterday and um just told me how thankful he was for that and um I mean I've come a long way man as far as just, I'm a super competitive guy but I respect my opponent I respect the uh, you know, the effort and energy that those guys put into it. Because, man, you get all the way to that championship game and lose on a shot like that, uh, it's devastating. It's heartbreaking. So um, I could just imagine how they were feeling. So I just kind of wanted to, um, you know, let them know that, you know, I was thankful for the competition and, and how hard that he went. How long do you take a little downtime to reflect and celebrate and enjoy this victory I mean, I don't think it's long. I, I feel like, Eric, you have something else going right now because as your life has transformed to where you are now, you're giving back all the time. We heard Jim reference that. What's next for you? Yeah, well, I'm just going to uh, – we got some planned um, coming in October uh, for the community and the kids. and uh, well, I'm going to keep doing that regardless, you know, if I'm if I'm playing or not. I'm always going to give back to, to the community that's been there for me through all the ups and downs. Um, like I said, Coach and Julie never batted I never this community never did either. You know, they always supported me uh, 100%. Whenever I do something in the community, um, they always rally behind it and make it happen. I mean, I, I'm the one who puts it out there, but the community is, is the one who, you know, comes together and makes it happen. So I'm uh, just so thankful for, for Syracuse as a community. And, you know, this is my home, and, um, you know, I'm blessed to be a part of it. Let me just t- Let me just leave you with this, Eric. I just want to say this on behalf of myself on Matt and everybody that loves Syracuse basketball, uh, thank you. That, that was a thrill. I mean, what an exciting way to spend a couple of weeks at the tail end of July into early August. And you have evolved into such a, a, a somebody that gives back and so humble and so kind and thoughtful of others. 
I, I don't. I hope you truly realize how amazing that was for Syracuse Orange fans. So thank you very much. I guarantee you, anybody listening right now is nodding their head in approval. So take ten seconds and pat yourself on the back for me. Come on, man, you earned it. No, I appreciate you guys because you know, you know, all the support and the love, and uh, it makes me want to do even more and, and, and you know, be even better with you know my events and myself as a person, and obviously, um, you know, the TBT. I wanted to win it for. Um, not only my teammates, but for Q's Nation. And, um, you know, seven years is, is a long time competing in this tournament. And, uh, you know, Q's Nation, they never never waver. They're always there for the support every single summer. Um, you know, hands on deck, they're ready to go. And, um, you know, it was nothing new this summer. And, you know, I was just happy we got it done for them. When whatever you're doing in October becomes public, you reach back out to us here at Sportzilla. I'm sure the guys on Orange Nation and I'm sure Brett will all make time uh, to get the message out there and and help and support whatever you've got next. I don't even care what it is right now. We know it's going to be something outstanding and positive for the community. Eric, thanks for the time, man. Absolutely. I appreciate you guys always, man. That's Eric Devendorf. This is SportsZilla Show, ESPN Radio. Pause quick. Come back. Mike Curtis from Syracuse.com is going to join us. There's a lot to talk about with him and a couple surprises. It's the SportsZilla Show on ESPN Radio and twitch.tv slash Talk. Turn it on and rip the knob off. You're listening to the radio. If you switch the radio to some modern music show, that's a technical foul. Here's Rain and Matt. We just, uh, we've got Jordan Capozzi <laughs> on with us. I'm sure you're all familiar. If you listen to ESPN Radio across central New York, call him J-Cap and many other nicknames. Uh, Ryan Mullen, who is with us regularly at QSportsTalk.com, uh, he sends me he, he sends me a message. He says, check your Twitter DM. So I do, and I believe he's just posted this. I've shared this at ESPN Rain at, at ESPN Sportzilla. Uh, we're going we're, we're to share it there. Uh, it is a picture of Chunk from Goonies photoshopped with Kaposi's face. Uh, we got to ask him about that in a little while. Uh, that's one more reason to subscribe and join us at QSportsTalk.com, where we chit, uh, where we twitch. The chat is a place to let us know what you think about what we're saying. Uh, you, of course, can throw questions at us. Uh, I also just shared the picture of me throwing the alley-oop to Pascal Chukwu from a few years ago in a charity wheelchair basketball game that we did. Hashtag humble brag. Hashtag humble brag. Uh, you, it's, I, you can make fun of me, though, and I'll admit this. Look at the expression on my face in that picture. I was so happy I got the ball near the rim. I mean, he's seven foot tall. It was easy. I just had to get it in the vicinity. Well, you looked as if there was a miracle that just happened in front of you. I, I, I literally was like, oh, as he's flying up there, and then he dunked it. It was amazing. Uh, needless to say, it's now time to talk to our guy, Mike Curtis with Syracuse.com. First words out of his mouth after we dialed him up and got him on the Accelerate Sports Complex phone line was Syracuse football's back. We've heard from Coach. We've heard from Kingsley Jonathan. We've heard from Chris Elmore, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, bottom line is, though, uh, Syracuse football's back, and we're going to get a game in a month, and we hope for vast improvements. Uh, what are your general thoughts on the football team as we get going here, Mike? Yeah, first off, thanks for having me as usual, guys. Um, I think my initial impression is everything is getting somewhat closer to how it was before the pandemic. So we got in-person interviews now. We got, we're got we available to go to practice now and to actually see faces up close, see people smiling. Um, the energy was, I want to say it was there for this team. This didn't look like a team that just went 1-10 um, last season. And a lot of them want to put that um, in the rearview mirror and kind of have a clean slate so they can um, get off on the right foot 
this year, um, starting with Ohio. Um, I think my initial impression is one one thing that particularly stood out to me at practice today is how big Garrett Schrader is. <laughs> that guy is huge, and and he's going to be an asset for this team. Um, I don't know what um, where his ranking is as far as the quarterback competition with Tommy DeVito, um, but it's definitely going to be interesting to see how it plays out over the next couple of weeks. Mike, you just said that the team's not acting like they were one and ten last season. Do you think that's because of Dino Babers' energy and confidence and improving this team? Yeah, for sure. Um, I, I think this is a very important year for Dino Babers and for Syracuse football. Um, I think everyone knows probably what's at stake right now, and this team is more complete, it's more healthy than it was last season. So there's literally no reason for um, it to be as bad as it was last year. Um I think it'll improve vastly, but we'll have to see once the pads officially come on and once the games officially start. Mike Curtis, Syracuse.com, here with us at Sports Illustrated Show on ESPN Radio. Uh, there was a ranking that came out uh, where they're 96th. I, I'm sure you probably saw that at some point today while you were uh, looking around online. Uh, that's that's tough. This is slap in the face. Doesn't feel good. Um, problem is, when you win one game, listen, they weren't good last year. We're not stating anything that is not obvious. Uh, you have to, as they've said, they've all talked about this. It's a clean slate. It's a fresh start. We got to get better. A lot more things in our favor. But that still stings if you're a fan of this team. That is not a great way to start with a preseason ranking, Mike. No, not at all. Not at all. Um, and it's something that they should want to improve. Um, Dino had a quote yesterday um, that said that the last time they were ranked last in the ACC was 2018. And you see what they did that season. They went on to win 10 games. Um, he said it again um, last night. So it's going to be inter- interesting to see how everything plays out for this team. I know a lot of fans are going to be excited to get back in the dome. Um, Dino says he can't He can't wait to see those fans because it, it was definitely a disadvantage um, for this team last season. I mean, the only t- the only game they won was at home. Um, against that Georgia Tech, against Georgia Tech. So um, I think it'll be beneficial for this team to have a home crowd and to have those fans back in the dome rocking. Let's talk about the offensive line real quick. Mike Schmidt, of course, we got our first look at him uh, coaching the team up a little earlier. And it was interesting to hear Dino talking about the cross training of the offensive line. What difference do you think that will make for the team this year? Um, I think it'll be vital. Last year, offensive line was uh, a big problem for this team, especially with all the injuries. You had to have Chris Elmore um, step in, who's a fullback, and play on the offensive line. So I think the more um, players get adjusted to that position and the more they learn, um, particularly what that position entails, about how they can protect the quarterback. Because when, when you protect the quarterback um, – you can have success, and when you protect the quarterback, you can get allow your running backs to get in on the action as well. Uh, just one last thing. Here's a quote from Dino Babers. Uh, I've got to share this. It's real quick, and I couldn't agree more. Yeah. It's a mindset they've got to have. Uh, but when you won, you win one game, I don't think that motivation should be an issue. You got to give me sound. Yeah, you got to give me sound, Matt. You don't need motivation to play football. Every opportunity you get out there and you're going against somebody else, a different opponent, if you love the game, that's more than enough. You don't need motivation. What do you think about his thoughts on that, Mike? No, I agree. 
I agree. Um, and he said that in reference to being picked last in the ACC. That's right. Um, this year. So I definitely agree. You don't need motivation to play football. Like last year is is motivation enough. Um, this team should want to be better than it was last year. Bayheim's Army won TBT. Your reaction? Oh, that was awesome. That shot, <laughs> that shot was incredible. And for him to um, earn a contract, I'm pretty sure it was all set up before the game, but it probably couldn't be announced until the game was over. For him to walk off on that shot and get get a deal with Indiana Pacers, that, that was incredible. And this is Beheim's Army's first TBT championship um, in the last seven years. So I, I think it was – they played tough literally every game. Um, there were a couple of close ones, but they always found a way to gut it out and win. And and I think that shot goes down in Syracuse history forever. Mike, we'll rapid fire these next couple of questions here. Which NBA team got better in free agency and why? Oh, the Lakers. The Los Angeles Lakers. Um, they picked up Syracuse Orange, very finest Carmelo Anthony. Yes. Um, they got a lot of veterans to go along with um, LeBron. Russell Westbrook is on the team now. I'm not sure how it's going to fit. That That's going to be the interesting part, but that team needed shooting and it needed an extra big. So Dwight Howard coming back was also vital. So I think the Lakers got better, and hopefully they can stay healthy and make another finals run. And they're old. Does uh, <laughs> see what you did there. Yeah. <laughs> does, uh, does Team USA men's and women's basketball teams win gold this year? I think both um, will win. The women manhandled um, – <laughs> Well, women, man, the women did a very good job at beating their opponent last night. I stayed up and watched it. Um, those 1240 tip times are brutal, but it's fun to watch um, Team USA compete in the Olympics. And the men play France in a rematch. They just beat Australia in a rematch. So I think they've learned from their le- their lessons from the earlier games. Um, Damian Lillard isn't playing as much in crunch time, and he's okay with that. So. I think that they found their rhythm. It's plausible that the the men's team is going to have mm-hmm. a much harder time with France, clearly having lost to them already, and the women's team yeah. should, should just roll right through and get the gold. I think it's 10.40 tonight is the men's I gold. I believe so, yes. Right, yeah. So uh, Jeremiah Grant's there, Brianna Stewart's there. We got some Central New York and Cuse love in the Olympics. We're going to be rooting that on. Uh, Continuing our conversation, Mike Curtis of Syracuse.com is on the phone on the SportsZilla show on ESPN Radio. Um, So last but not least, I I don't want you to dwell on this. We have hammered our opinions on this. I'm sure you've shared yours, but we got about 60 seconds left, Mike. This Coach Q situation, uh, Syracuse women's basketball is in a terrible, terrible position. And I, we know we've got a coach for the year. Uh, it's going to get us through. But it's going to take a while to fix yeah. this. Yeah, for sure. I think it's a – first off, it's a bad look for the university, um, especially the allegations that there were um, there were requests made in order to – um, let them know about what was going on, and it seemed to be getting ignored. So I think that's a bad look. Um, and they have – I think one thing that's very important, they have to get this next coaching hire correct. Um, they have to go through an actual vetting process to see who these people are that they're interviewing and 
make sure everything checks out before they um, give them the reins of this program. So you don't want to get into another situation like this. Yeah, it was disturbing that the, this type of stuff has gone back to the Daryl Gross era. And I wonder if it goes up the chain of command into the chancellor's <laughs> office and Wild Hack's office. Uh, but Vaughn Reed still has nothing personal against him, but the stench of Coach Q is there. So I guess the question, this is a yes or no to wrap things up. Should they just wipe the slate clean, so to speak, from everything Coach Q ever touched? Anybody involved with the program while he was the head coach, should they just be out for now? I think you have to, but at the same time, it's probably a little bit more complex than that because we don't know what his role was during this entire um, tenure. It's a mess. It's a dumpster fire. It really is. Uh, Hopefully we'll get some answers soon enough when the report is concluded. Mike Curtis, as always, we appreciate you and the time. SportsZilla Show right back here on ESPN Radio with your killing me smalls. The SportsZilla Show. Oh, yeah. Bringing the central New York sports fan together. You're supposed to wear your mask over your nose. I'm not going to, so quit asking. Can everyone hear me okay? You're killing me, Smalls. It's the SportsZilla Show with Rain and Matt on twitch.tv slash Talk and ESPN Radio. Oh, for Pete's sake, here we go again. We had a bit of a conversation about Syracuse football, obviously. First practice of the year is done. I think it was Josh Black just tweeted, and he said that was my last first practice of the year for Syracuse football. Kind of hits you, doesn't it? It dawns on you, this is the... Last time I'll be doing this thing, this first-time thing. I also wanted to bring in one more quote uh, from Kingsley Jonathan as it pertains to SU football. He was asked about the difference between a 10- and a 1-win season because when I look at the record last year, that makes me roll my eyes and go, you're killing me, Smalls. I do not want a repeat of that. So this is what he said real quick. That's something we we think of like that. Um, We think starting the season, we started a fresh, clean slate. We don't... Focus on the past year's record, be it winning or losing. But, you know, we all have to actually chip on our shoulder to show what we're really about. You know, last year it didn't tell justice what we <clears throat> what we could do as a team. So starting the season up in a clean slate and everybody knowing what they're supposed to do, getting the positions right, you know, that's what we're looking forward to. Yeah, I mean, hope springs eternal. I, I hear that phrase in my head all the time, and that's what I'm hoping for. Listen. Let's just get a little bit better this year. Let's let's be competitive in, yes. in, in these games. That's really all I ask for. And you get me five or six wins, and you're competitive even in the losses. Make for a lot better season than it was tough to watch last year. It was really tough to watch. But this is called You're Killing Me Smalls. This is our sports festivus or airing of the grievances. Uh, and since I, I suppose one of the possibilities to take over as host of Jeopardy was the reigning MVP of the NFL, and his name is A.A. Ron Rogers, and he took us through a soap opera. I mean, he's got an acting career. He yes, w- he does. He was divish, and, and yeah, the organization screwed this up too, but I think everything's good right now. They restructured the contract, and he's just going to play football. But he was an option, and clearly he was not selected. Um, let's see. My buddy Alex Faust, who used to call hockey games in Central New York, is now the voice of the Los Angeles Kings, was even name-dropped and recommend- recommended or I guess, suggested to be considered by the one and only Canadian national treasure. What's his name? Alex Trebek. That's Alex right. Trebek, yes. Um, and Alex following Alex. I mean, geez, I, I mean, I know his name. I'm just building the suspense here. Um, neither of those two guys are going to be the new host of Jeopardy. And it's not Ken Jennings. It's not Ken Jennings because he's a, I, 
I have opinions on Ken Jennings. And I don't understand those, by the way. That I can't share. I don't know. Maybe it's because he makes me feel stupid because he knows everything and he won all that money. Uh, but why don't you tell everybody who they named as the host of Jeopardy? Mike Richards. Um, and you're probably asking to yourself, who is that? Bring this down a little bit. Yeah. I want to ease this in. Are you ready? Yes. Got to give you the Jeopardy music if you're going to ask questions. Who is Mike Richards? I, I have no idea. Tell me. Uh, he's an executive producer who has only been with Jeopardy for one year or thereabouts. What was this crap with all the guest hosts all this time now since the passing of the national treasure from International Canada? International treasure. treasure, Alex Trebek. And he was smarmy and he was condescending, but you just, you grew to love him. Um, my guess is hashtag ratings, right? They're drawing it out. Yeah, I mean, you made people pay attention to this and I get all of that. But that's a garbage pick. Was it money related? That's a terrible pick. Who who is this guy? No one knows. It's like I said to you earlier. Who you can get Will Ferrell to go on SNL, and you can't bring Burt Reynolds back. So who's Turd Ferguson? And when you parody Jeopardy with Mike Richards, who? Right? It's not the same. It was that was brilliant. Like you just ruined this. This is just ruined for me. But to me, the craziest part about it is. Was he part of the hiring process? Because if so, they had all these interviews with people, and then at the end of the day, he just goes, I'm the guy. You know what? Thanks for your time. It's going to be me. Who should be the next host of Jeopardy? Because it's not should, Mike Richards. It shouldn't be Mike Richards. I don't even have time to play the kid. You're just, you're killing me, Smalls, Mike Richards. And uh, Mike Lear or Michael Lear. Man, he secured an interview with Bayheim on site at TBT. Uh, he's on the road again. Uh, we're going to talk to him about that. Deneen being the Utica Comets coach, because, of course, that is his job as a play-by-play broadcaster for the new affiliate of the New Jersey Devils. The AHL has expanded playoffs. That also uh, brings in the Syracuse Crunch. Seems like everybody's making the playoffs next year. We'll talk about that, and maybe, just maybe, um, you can make it rain with some picks. It's about time, right? Sports, uh, gambling, sports betting, degenerate gamblers. It's not like he hasn't been busy or anything. That be, might be the one thing he doesn't have for us, but he's next. Michael Lear on the Sports Illus Show on ESPN Radio, a couple minutes away. I am very proud to announce it's the Sportzilla Show on ESPN Radio and twitch.tv slash Q Sports Talk. Here's Rain and Matt. Let's kick it off. Uh, hour number two of the Sports Zilla Show. Stay with us at QSportsTalk.com or feel free to join us there. Direct a question our way. Uh, the man that hooked you up, along with Tommy Gunn, Hogan brother, I've got to give him a little bit of credit too. Uh, but I think it's Michael Lear's the reason that they won, right? That's what it had to be. We sent you out there. What a trip. What an amazing experience. Uh, awesome for your Syracuse alum, so you understand. For Orange Nation, nationwide, oh, what a great victory. Happy for Devendorf and everybody involved. We had him on a little bit earlier. But take us to that moment. Uh, take us through those last few shots that you didn't know if they were going in, including, was it, what was it, Tucker, the player on uh, Team 23, that missed that key smart 1987-looking shot that he made for Indiana that broke our hearts, and I thought I was seeing it again. Uh, just take us through all of that. Hey, was you guys? You there? Yeah, oh. we got you. Uh, what was the last thing you heard, Michael? Oh, I heard, take us through those last few moments. Yep, take us through those last few moments uh, and, and just the madness that ensued when he hit that shot. Those shots that you talked about. Yeah, it was it was 
I don't even know how to describe it. I mean, I did my best on you, but it was such an awesome moment to see, especially for Eric, the, the culmination of seven years. Um, it was it was awesome. It was every bit of emotion and energy and um, everything you want out of a championship came that day and in that moment. The last couple of shots were wild. I mean, as we saw the entire tournament, we expected them to lose. I didn't expect them to lose, but thought they were going to lose three different times in that game. And we thought they had a chance to lose every game, and they kept winning, and they kept finding a way to get it done. Uh, the Dakari Tucker 14-footer, I was I, I was prepared to say the sad stuff when that ball was in the air. And then, yeah, when Kiefer came down, I thought his, his recognition of Eric Washington looking back to his right trying to see what the rest of the defense was doing or what the rest of the offense was doing. And Kiefer had watched him do similar things the entire game and knew he had a chance to get a step on him. And at the end of the day, these pro basketball players, all they need is half a step to, uh, to hit an awesome shot and at that point win a million bucks. What's the first thing you noticed immediately after? Because, like I said, it was, it was madness. Uh, you, did you catch Jim Bayheim? with the ear-to-ear grin that might still be there. His hands up in the air. Julie Beheim was going crazy. Devo running around. Devo catching, I forget who it was again from Team 23. We talked to him about that. and Washington. Just, yeah, consoling him right afterwards. Uh, I mean, or was it just a stream of, of humans in front of you? Or all the confetti yeah, that popped after. Honest. The very first thing I noticed was Kiefer Sykes' toes in my face. And then the second thing I noticed was DJ Kennedy ripping blood from his mouth. So remember when he checked out because he took that elbow and then yep. Devendorf came in and I was I was going crazy because I thought that was so cool that Devendorf checked in. But that was the, second, the, the, the most memorable thing was uh, DJ Kennedy on the scorer's table looking down. To, I mean, he was looking at all kinds of things, but we made like almost eye contact and his mouth was dripping blood. So then that celebration finishes and I looked to my left because I knew, I figured I knew what was going to be going on over there. And that was really cool to see Eric. And I looked right when he started to hug Jim Boeheim. And then um, I said it when Jim Boeheim walked behind. He started he went in Seth Greenberg's ear and started saying something to him. And then he walked down to the court and I said he was smiling like it was 2003 because he really was. I mean, it was so cool. Um, and then from there I saw Tyler Lydon and Stephen Doris go over to the rest of the basketball family. Um, Griffin was there and Joe McNamara was there. And just those hugs were awesome. Um, and then just try to kind of look around and see all these guys with their families. It was, it was crazy how quick little kids were on the court with their dads and Malachi Richardson and everybody just holding these little kids because um, a lot of them are fathers. And the cool thing is a lot of them are young fathers, so they're getting to experience this with um, basically 11-year-olds and down. And uh, I saw Kiefer Sykes pick his son up in the stand. It was his son's birthday. So there were so many. I know we got to see a lot of that on camera, but um, the – Watching it all in person was, was so awesome and, and just so cool to see every guy happy for the same reason and different reasons all at the same time. Well, I appreciate everything you did for us during the process, taking your time so many times to join us on the air here on ESPN Radio and the Sports Illust Show uh, and everything from, from that and sending us some highlights. We aired your highlight of that final shot a few times. Uh, it just kind of felt like we were back in that moment. You love to re-experience those things. So thanks for a little recap right now. Your full-time job, um, well, aside from being a huge Syracuse fan because you're an alum, is play-by-play for the New Jersey Devils affiliate now, the Utica Comets. They named Kevin Deneen head coach. 
Uh, that is a great hire, a 19-year career. He was a hell of a player. I remember him. The coaching resume we've talked up is outstanding, and this is going to bring a lot to the Uticus Thruway Throwdown Galaxy Cup rivalry with the Syracuse Crunch right here in central New York. Talk to us about that. Super excited about it. I know everybody is. Robert Rush is probably the most excited. And um, The second he knew and he started telling us, he could not have spoke higher of, of Kevin Neen and just everything about him, not only as a player, but as a person. Um, what a great piece he's going to be in the community, the stories he has, the people he knows. Um, and I've done my own research, obviously, just through the Internet, but also just talking to people I know in, in the hockey world and have heard awesome things. Um, I was texting with a guy who was an assistant coach in Winnipeg for a while, and he said he's sharp and he's an amazing, amazing person, which is really all you want. He said, we're going to win some games here in Utica because – You've got a great hockey mind, a guy who's done everything you can do in hockey, including gold medals and Stanley Cups and everything. He's literally done it all, and he knows everybody. So it's the biggest name. I mean, it's probably one of the biggest names in coaching in the American Hockey League yeah. right now, and um, we're lucky enough to have him in Utica. So just heard amazing things about him. Like, I haven't met him yet, but um, can't wait to get him here and, and really get started with him. It's going to be awesome, and we're so excited about it. Explain to everyone the new AHL expanded playoffs and also how do you feel about them moving forward there, Michael? Well, the the real thing the fans need to know is only two teams in every division are not making the playoffs. So I think it's cool. I think it's going to be really fun. You start off um, a little bit more baseball-esque where you're going to get a short series to get the playoffs going. And, yeah, those I'm in my head, those those first round series are almost like a wild card series um, where you get two out of three, see who can make it. And um, I'm excited about it. I think it gives you a better chance of playing playoff hockey in Utica. If you're a higher seed, it gives you a little bit more rest at the end of the regular season going into the playoffs. So it's going to be really fun. I think to get a few more playoff games in over a long period of time. And um, who knows who Utica will match up with in that first round if they're, if they end up there, but, Either way, it's going to be fun to get more playoff hockey, and I'm all for it. After coming off a run where every game was uh, with TBT, where every game was the most meaningful game in the world, I'm just I'm itching for championship and playoff feel again. Kind of had to make up for last year. It feels no like playoffs. too. Best of three in the first round, best of five in the division semifinals, one and two seeds uh, wait and have buys uh, out of the first round until then. Then division finals are five, conference finals are seven, Calder Cup finals are seven. And you know what? Here's another thing, too, and another aspect of this. You didn't have butts and seats last year, and these AHL teams need the concession money, the ticket money, the the merchandise, and all of that. It's it's going to give some extra games to make some of that money back that they didn't get last year. It's a big part of this. Listen, it's still a business, and you've got to survive. Absolutely. And also, it's about the experience of the fans at the same time, too. I mean, as you said, we missed out on packing a building with 4,000 people for a playoff game. And now it gives almost every team, not, not to say almost every team, because you still have to have a pretty good regular season to get there. Um, but it gives a lot more teams opportunities to get their fans in there for playoff hockey, which we all know is so, so different from regular season hockey, probably more than any sport with the difference between the playoffs and the regular season. Let's get us a Crunch Comets Galaxy Cup through a throwdown Uticus playoff matchup. That would be amazing if you think about the regular season and how fun that is. 
Uh, needless to say, Michael Lear is here with a Sports Illustrated ESPN Radio once again. Uh, listen, got a couple minutes left with you, Michael. Were you able to get picks together, or are we putting that on pause, or do you have anything in mind? Have you had a chance? I know I know you do a lot, a lot of research, and, and, and you like to make your bets, man. I mean, you like to make it rain. Have you had an opportunity to do that? You've been so busy with TBT. One thing that I've been – I was actually just listening to a podcast, and I think I'm going to bet it. I haven't looked at the line yet, but – the uh, bronze medal match in basketball, the Australians have – there's a group of Australian guys that have played together and they've never medaled. So normally with a bronze medal match, is like everyone's just kind of disappointed they're not playing for gold. I think that the Australian team is going to really, really try to win that game. Um, so I'm going to take a look at that line. But to be honest, I, uh, I got back from wherever we were, wherever we dating. Got back from Dayton at 10 o'clock at night on Wednesday – Showed up at work at nine, and now I'm uh, headed up to Vermont to see my girlfriend. So I've been head spinning pretty much for the last fourteen days. So I gotta, I gotta put my gambling shoes back on this weekend. All right, well, we'll catch up with you on that next week because uh, that was kind of a tradition we had built up with you on our phone lines here on the Accelerate Sports Complex phone line. Listen, uh, you're still nice enough to take a couple of minutes right now on your road trip to pull aside and talk to us. Thank you so much. Enjoy your weekend. We'll talk to you soon, Michael. No problem, guys. Thanks for having me. ESPN Radio Sports Illustrated Show. Michael Lear, uh, nice enough to join us. Love talking to Michael, man. It's funny. You can talk about anything. Even golf. Yes, You even get correct. in golf with that guy. Outstanding. Uh, Sean Coffey, 4-3. He is the coach of Utica College men's basketball team. But we're going to talk some NBA with him next. And we've got to ask about his wife. His wife might be a better basketball player than him. That's next. It's the SportsZilla Show on ESPN Radio and twitch.tv slash Q Sports Talk. You know, you used to just ask me questions. Now you talk all the time. I can't even get a word in here anymore. <laughs> you. Here's Rain and Matt. Uh, I think you were better with Coach yesterday. It w- <laughs> yeah, uh, we're hearing a lot of that today for some reason. I just don't know why. Listen, we're with you on Twitch at QSportsTalk.com. Ryan Mullen, who photoshopped. Um, Jordan Capozzi, who will be on with us in about 10 or 15 minutes on Chunk from the Goonies body. He's done these amazing photoshops. He's now telling us, and another reason to subscribe and join us on Twitch, uh, his next one is going to be Ferris Bueller or The Breakfast Club. I want to know who's included in this, but I actually don't. I I don't want him to tell us because I like the surprises. Uh, that being said, I also want to give a shout out to Christopher who called us during the break and wanted to ask us about the realignment potential of the ACC. Yeah, we you know we put the question about combining the final fours, how they've been discussing the having the women's and the men's tournament together. Uh, that's something we can have that yeah. discussion on Twitch, QSportsTalk.com. Uh, somebody like Chris who called in, we had a quick conversation that unfortunately we had to cut off due to getting a coach Sean Coffey on the line who we're about to talk to. But that's also another great reason. Join us on Twitch. If you can't get through on the request lines, on the phone lines, we're calling them request lines like it's still K-Rock. I'm on ESPN Radio now. That's correct. But needless to say, throw the question up in there. We'd love to have the conversation that way. Or hit us up on social media. I'm at ESPN Rain. You'll find me on the different platforms. And at ESPN, you are met. Or at ESPN Sportzilla is our Twitter. And you'll find us same on Facebook. That being said, Coffee for Three. Sean Coffee, head coach, Utica College Men's Basketball. Uh, we want to talk some NBA with you uh, because of the draft and free agency. And, of course, Team USA men and women's teams are going for gold. But before we do that, we need to know about Gabrielle, Mrs. Coffee. Um, she's got she's got some skills, man. She's a point guard. 
Uh, you're the shooter in the family, but she's been balling this summer, hasn't she? Oh, yeah, she has. Uh, yeah, this uh, lady next Premier League has been uh, like her dream come true to have a women's league right here in her own gym, actually, over there at uh, Utica Notre Dame. And, they, you know, John Snyder and Chet Lacani, those guys, you know, they pour so much time into the youth programs there, bringing, you know, bringing the game to um, young females around the area. They had daughters come through the program. Now they're putting on this uh, league. So uh, she loves it. You know, she's the uh, elder statesman out there. Uh, she certainly has uh, um, quite, quite the better star out there. I just want you to know, um, Gabrielle, that he did not call you old right there. He did not. No, he, no, elder no, statesman. no, 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 <laughs> you know, no, it's funny. There's you know? some, there's some great summer leagues though. We were talking to somebody the other day talking about the King of Kings when the Bayheim yes. brothers yep. were in that playing in the Utica league and Jim would just be kind of sitting there. It was Spencer. We were talking about that with actually, uh, Spencer Davidson, who's in here with us. And he, he was saying, and uh, Jim's sitting there, and he's like, can can I get an interview? And Jim was like, I just kind of want to watch my sons play right now. And that's okay. And that's okay. Sean Coffey, <laughs> we got a question for you from the glue guy. Well, I was also going to say that Spencer Davidson saw Gabrielle balling out during that league, and he had to go find a number sheet to go see who it was. And he's like, Coffey, why does that name sound familiar? And he looks at the <laughs> first time, and he goes, oh, that's Gabrielle Coffey. No wonder why she's balling out. It should be a great dinner debate on who's the better basketball player, but well, we won't put that on you, Sean. Uh, listen, let's... Yeah, you should see the two of us. We play. Uh, I still play a bit in the morning with a bunch of guys, and I'm the old guy in that league. Uh, you know, pick up stuff, and you should see the two of us walking around the house after we both play. It's me in the morning, her at night, and you know, just a couple old people just stag. Oh, we lost you. I think we lost them there quick. Hmm. Hear me now? Yeah, I yeah. muted it. But now, uh, now we got you. No, you should see us walking around the house, both both as old sore people still trying to play a little bit. So it's uh, it's pretty funny seeing us. Have you uh, seen? We both played a little. Have you seen the video of Tony Larusa, the Chicago White Sox manager, running and how awkward that looks? Is that what you guys look like? I haven't seen it, but I would imagine probably something like that. You know, ice bags and couches for us. What do you think about Team USA, the men's and the women's team? We've got a couple of favorites in Central New York. Jeremiah Grant, of course, uh, from Syracuse, and Brianna Stewart, well, originally from Syracuse. Uh, we know what she's doing now. Um, what a resume for her. But men's and women's team, gold medals up for grabs. Uh, what do you think are the chances each gets it? I, I think the women have a great shot. You know, they're still, they're still fairly dominant. I'm not as in touch with the women's game as much as the guys, but... Uh, you know, I think that the men have kind of, you know, they finally found a bit of a rhythm uh, offensively. And, you know, they're leading, I believe they're leading the tournament in assists per game as a team. And so the ball's getting moved, uh, you know, and they can just, they're so explosive offensively. Uh, you see these runs that can go on. But, you know, the uh, there's other really good players out there. You know, France is really good. Um, obviously, they already took a loss to them earlier. And, uh, but I do think it's a, you know it's a completely different team since that game, and you know you, you do get a little worried about getting down double digits and just waiting on that explosive run to come. And uh, you know some days they don't come, so you don't want to get yourself in a hole too early. So having a better start for the men uh, could put them in a much better position to 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 get gold again for a fourth straight time. 
In what ways has the men's team improved over the course of this Olympic tournament that would give you a little bit more faith from what you're seeing on the court? Is it just time together? I say, is it chemistry? I think there's a lot of that. You know, there's more time together, more practice they've been able to put in together. You know, adding Drew Holiday has been tremendous um, coming off the finals and, you know, implementing him and getting him comfortable with everybody. Booker's starting to make some more shots. You know, in that last game in particular, I think it was 7 of 10 from the field and um, had 20. So, um, and I, and honestly, defensively, I think they're, they're tightening it up as well. Just, I don't think they're switching as much. That was a big issue, I thought. They were switching one through five and kind of living with the result. And it was, uh, you know, a French team that really kind of, t- you know, uh, sliced them up with their switching and getting bad matchup in the post. And they're just... When you have you know Rudy Gobert walking around out there, you can't switch you know Damian Lillard there. Um, so I think they've been trying to fight and stay home a little bit more defensively, and yeah, it's just a timing, a rhythm thing, and um, you know, and they're, they're just when they get going, man, watch out. So you know, they're 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 tremendous. Sean, we wanted to ask you about the NBA free agency that's been going on. Which team do you think improved the most throughout this process? Um, I mean, you got to look at the Bulls quite a bit. Yep. You know, Lonzo Balls turned himself into the player that we thought he could be, um, cleaning up his shooting mechanics, and he's just always been such a tremendous passer. His court vision and getting the ball up the floor, um, these long outlets that he can throw are, are pretty amazing. Um, and add in a DeRozan, who's, you know, one of the best mid-range ISO players, you know, most of us have ever seen his efficiency is pretty incredible from that area um you know to go with with a levine but uh you know and the lakers are interesting you know westbrook uh so explosive himself um you know Melo's learning how to play more and more off of other people and not being the focal point and uh, i wouldn't sleep on the kendrick nunn signing as well just um you know he's a young guard and we're all talking about their their them being old talk about elder statesmen on that team but having a playmaking guard who's young that can kind of fill that that backup role um you know could i think can uh, help them you know with some depth and you know fight against injury when those eventually come in those in those days you know they're going to rest some guys with an older team so he's i think he's a bigger signing than people are giving giving credit to Utica College men's basketball coach Sean Coffey here with us. We call it Coffee for three when we talk to him on the Sports Illustrated Show on ESPN Radio. Um, where was the lead with my Knicks on that? Well, I was just going to say, I was going to ask for you, Rain. <laughs> what about the Knicks there, Sean? I know you're a Brooklyn Nets fan, and I, you don't really want to give kudos to the Knicks, but you got to at least bring them up, right? I mean, come on, Kemba Walker healthy? Of course. I mean, yeah. He's he's a great player. He is a very good player. Um, <laughs> does he put them over the edge? I don't know. Um, you know, this is painful for you, isn't it, Sean? This is painful. Yeah, it is. You know, I mean, they just <laughs> they just went and spent a lot of money on guys they already had. So good for them. Uh, you know, just just increase their bill basically on the same players. And you know, you add Kemba, um, but uh, you know, resigning you know Nerlens Noel and Burks and all those guys. Um, 
uh, it was an interesting start to to the free agency period for them. Let's just leave it at that. It wasn't a very deep draft, and obviously <laughs> the light bulb just went off of what you said. Yeah, uh, it wasn't a very deep draft, though. And uh, listen, with COVID and everything, and the way things were crunched together, it's been a rapid fire, a uh, fast paced off season. It, it wasn't a deep draft, though. And you had to find some value picks. So who did the most? Maybe one, two, three picks that come to mind, wherever they might have fallen. Who do you think got better via the draft? That's a good question. You know, I I think a lot of us are very out of touch with these players in this draft in particular. And I, I'll put it on COVID a bit. Just we did not get to see enough of these guys. But I, I personally, you know, if I had one pick, I love the Suggs kid. You know, that's one player we did see a lot of, you know, um, playing deep into the tournament. And, you know, just a tremendous athlete. You know, he's a two-sport kid. And, uh, you know, I think the Magic were very happy that he was still in that spot. They need a lead guard there. Um, And I think that's one team that, you know, grabbed someone that was, you know, obviously is the fifth pick in the draft. And, you know, it was kind of a no-brainer pick at that point. But, um, I, I just love the way he plays and his overall uh, ability. And I think he's got some real leadership qualities about him. I got one last question for you. Robert Ori, who we know has won seven rings with the Spurs, the Lakers, and the Rockets. He said, as a Clippers fan, I would be mad at Kawhi. With him sitting back and waiting and trying to see what other guys are getting and see what he wants to do is not fair to that organization. They're in limbo until they figure out their cap space based on the deal that he gets. Is that fair? Are there times that Kawhi makes you scratch your head with some of his decisions? Yeah, of course. Um, you know, it can come off a bit selfish at times, but I mean, I think a lot of these guys just, it's a, it's a doggy dog world out there. And, you know, guys like LeBron have kind of changed the way they approach free agency from more of a, you know, there's, there's honestly, it's more of an intelligence to it all. And, uh, just seeing how things go, the ebbs and flows of of free agency and, and using the power that they have is, you know, which is limited, you know, that, that this power will run out. You know, they don't have the leverage for very long in their life, uh, in their basketball lifespan. So um, it is interesting to see that. It's kind of, it can obviously be misconstrued and or construed uh, correctly as, um you know, selfish or kind of putting a, an organization in a really tough spot. But, um, you know, it, it's not dumb either. So it's uh, it's interesting to see how people approach it differently and just being more creative with the process. All right, we'll get in the ice bath so you can keep putting up three-pointers <laughs> and bring in coffee for three on the airways with us. Sean Coffey, you to get college men's basketball coach. Appreciate you, Sean. Thanks for the time. All the best to Gabrielle and the family. We'll talk soon, okay? Absolutely. Thanks, guys. Have a great weekend. Sports Illustrated Show ESPN Radio. We're going to bring in Jordan Capozzi next. He's going to hijack a segment. He might have a word of the day. Uh, we got to ask him about the uh, Photoshop job there on Chunk from the Goonies. Uh, we got to ask him about Stephen Bailey being on Orange Nation a little bit earlier in the SU football team and a few other questions we'll get to. Jordan Capozzi is here to hijack a segment with his word of the day. No cap that I preach him. It's not really a verb. So I just have to say. Big preach. With a Sportzilla show with Rain and Matt on ESPN Radio and Twitch.tv slash Q Sports Talk. Preach the noty. He's that guy. I'm looking in the Twitch chat, right? And I'm trying to figure out what, what the deal is here on 
uh, uh, one of the comments, the deal wasn't long enough. I wanted at least eight years. Was that in reference to Josh Allen, as we were telling you earlier, he got $280 million and he signed from... Uh, through 2028 for the Buffalo Williams, for the Buffalo Bills, and guaranteed $150 million. I that, believe so, yeah. That's what I want to know. You can feel free to join us in there at any point in time. Um, but actually, I have a word of the day for Jordan Capozzi, believe it or not. J-Cap's about to join us here on the Accelerate Sports Complex phone line on the Sportsilla Show. And my word is ha. Ha! And I'll explain to you why. I'll explain to you why. We just got done talking to Sean Coffey, right? And we were talking to him about the NBA. And he painfully had to discuss my Knicks. He's a Nets fan and admit that with health, Fournier and there's a guy named Kemba Walker who signed after they retained some of their own guys that made this team better in free agency. So I bring that over to you because I admitted and Twitch heard this, the Schwarber signing as he's rehabbing to get back and join the Red Sox after that trade in the Major League Baseball trade deadline makes your team better. And this is why I say ha, because you have to admit since July 4th, and with these additions, the Yankees actually have the best record in baseball. And can you deal with that, sucker? Ha. Go ahead, Jordan. Am I supposed to respond to that? Yep. I mean, what you can just leave that air. Speak on behalf of you and Brent Axe and everybody else that likes the Red Sox because you're struggling right now. And it's been a long season. And I just need a little something to make me feel better about the Yankees. Rain, I'm not going to lie, sir, and thank you for having me today. When I looked at the ALE standings this morning and saw that the New York Yankees were not only five and a half games back in the division, but one and a half of the Red Sox, I was really, really upset. And it's not just because we're losing to the Tigers. I'm not sure. I mean, if you're getting all these foam runs, which is my word of the day, a foam run, a (laughs) faux home run, which is what Joey Gallo's hitting over the short porch that he's gushing over in interviews post-game. It was. Then, yeah, you know what? We are in trouble. The Red Sox are in a ton of trouble, um, but I'm not going to complain because the Red Sox... Fenway Park is not your most conventional stadium either. Hey, anytime we talk about the Yankees, it's brought to you by William Matar hurt in a car called William Matar 444-4444. And it's a nice place to stop and interject it at six. Matt and I will be back for Yankees on deck from Ferron Sun Funeral Home, Pathfinder Bank, and the Killebrew Saloon. I will allow you to remember that, put it in the memory bank to talk crap because it has been a roller coaster season for the Yankees. And uh, it's good right now. The next time they play each other, it's more than likely uh, the the Red Sox have done well against the Yankees this year. I might be eating those words. You're allowed to give that back. Matt, go. So we wanted to ask you for your word of the day. I know uh, you had a little bit of time to think about it, but I'm curious. That's going to have to be. That's what I'm going with. I'm going with foam run, and that's what I'm going to call every single home run that goes over the short porch. I'm sick of it. Here's all I'll say. I lost units on that, okay? I'm losing units because of the short porch. That's why he's That's angry. A foam run. Wait, 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 wait. So that wasn't a value thing? Is that CBW's joke for you? It was a good value in that pick? So basically you didn't make it rain is what happened and you're upset now? Cost you money? Yeah. I'm very upset. I'm incredibly upset. I'm I, I'm not losing units in 28 MLB ballparks. But apparently <laughs> there and at Petco, that counts. And that's what we're rolling with. I'm surprised that John Sterling even knew it was a home run when he was calling it. Okay. If we're going to get any call right, that's the one we get right. 
Jordan, that's a low that's blow a right there. Out. That wasn't cool, that's man. That's a pop-out. Low-hanging no, fruit. that's a pop-out. That's what it is. And that's I, a pop-out. And I thank you, Susan. Legitimate question for you. <laughs> Stephen Bailey was on with Orange Nation a little bit earlier. Uh, we, we've heard from Dino and players. Uh, we've read some analysis. We know we've got the first Syracuse practice under our belts now and a month away from the season. Uh, I, I shared some of my takeaways and some of what I heard Stephen Bailey talking about a little bit earlier. Uh, but your overall thoughts now that we're into the SU football season based on what you've heard. There is one big question that was asked at the press conference yesterday um, that people, it, it's really getting them worked up. And it was when our own Brent Axe, um, who, how happy are you guys? No Axe delay coming today. We love you, Brent. <laughs> um, but he asked what the definition of success was. And, Dino gave his answer. Coach Babers pretty much, we all heard the comment. Hopefully nobody dies. There's lots of ways to measure success. Here's my take. Coach Babers cannot say two games or three games because then you're basically saying you don't have confidence. Coach Babers also cannot go say success is 10 wins because then you're setting yourself up for failure. It's a tough question. Um, And I think he was on the right track to start and then – I don't know why the train went off the tracks and it kind of got a bit snippy. Uh, I can understand answering those questions over and over again is frustrating, but the whole tone of the press conference, it was definitely one we're not used to seeing from coach Babers. And I do think that's a tough question specifically to answer. Uh, I know you guys, just like all of us are just waiting for this first game against Ohio because we can talk about this all we want. We can get our thoughts on the first 10 minutes of practice all we want, but we got to see these guys out on the field and see what happens. We got to see a win. That's what we got to see. A W. Some good mojo. Um, I would like to share with you a quick piece of audio based on the fact that you also took a jab at the axe delay. I believe. Do we have Yankees (laughs) on deck coming up next, uh, friends? I believe we do. Rain and Matt on the way. Tommy, give me the thumbs up on that. So I'm I'm sure I'm running late for Yankees on deck if it is. Uh, next, which I'm sure we'll send Rain and Matt into just complete shock that that has happened because I'm always on time getting them off at the, the right moment for that show. And something's coming up next. Listen to it, okay? Have a great weekend. Like I said, a rough choice of words at the end there and, and what he does for us, uh, but at least he's acknowledging that we'll be on time tonight with that. But, Jordan, you're absolutely right about the football team. We And we said this earlier. We were talking to Mike Curtis You've got to see them perform on the field. Results. The, the, the excuses, that not excuses, but the reasons, uh, and there are many, and it was a tough set of circumstances last year, but it was a terrible, terrible season to watch and sit through as a fan. I'm sure it sucked to be a player. I'm sure it wasn't pleasant for Coach Babers or the university or the alumni or anybody else. But we've got to see some wins this year. We just absolutely have to. And practice, really, ultimately, we're talking about practice. It means nothing. Oh, by the way, I love when Stephen Bailey's on. we got to get him back on. He was good today. Uh, what's going on with MLB The Show, though, Glue Guy? I wanted to ask you about this because you wanted to direct this at a JCAP. Yeah, Capozzi, you're always uh, playing MLB The Show online. How are you with that? Do you have a good win-loss record, or do you, do you just play mainly for fun? Matt, I do not know how you managed to bring this up. I am livid. Um, last night, I was sitting at 7-3. and three. I hit a home run to go up, and then my neighbor needed me to move my car. The pause timer expired. 
So instead of being eight and three, I am seven and four. And when I saw MLB The Show on the Google Doc today, which you guys are awesome and provide, um, so there are no surprises, I was like, how the heck did he know that I had a half-hour freakout last night over a video game? So the fact that you didn't know that and still asked, um, one, where is the camera you hit at my house? And two, it's eight and three with an asterisk. Jordan, can I just say that I heard someone yelling very loudly, and I assumed it was you, so I, it prompted me to ask you the question. I just <laughs> I, I just think it's funny because nobody would expect that we prepare on the Sportsilla show, and nobody reasonably expects that Brent Axe can tell time because of the Axe delay constantly. But what about Paul? You know, I will have to... I have to say, right, Axe of the Axe delay. I was telling Paulie, we double up breaks because we go long on segments. We need the audio daily double sounder so that before we go to a doubled up break, it's the audio daily double, like from Jeopardy. Uh, so, we, so, you know, we're not perfect either. Dun, dun, dun. Um, we're far from perfect. I think we all have our flaws, but yeah, you know what? We're all on the same team when it's all said and done. Jordan Capozzi is here with us on the Sports Hill Show. It is ESPN Radio, and you brought up Paulie. NFL Hall of Fame game was last night. We're excited for Syracuse football, and we're excited because now we officially, because of that game, that means nothing really, we have the NFL back. And it was the Cowboys losing to Pittsburgh, which makes Pauly happy. And I don't know, I just think anything that makes Pauly happy sucks. And I thought I'd open that door for you if you'd like to comment. He came in today. So yesterday when I wanted to talk about the Hall of Fame game a little bit, he told me we're not talking about it. Of course, I come in today and he's like, how about that Hall of Fame game? Yeah, waka, There's waka. only one thing I care about from it. The announcers are in midseason form because when the Cowboys kicker, Hunter Nyswander, missed that kick, I heard on the broadcast, that wasn't even relatively close. It's like, come on, guys. It's the first game of the season, and it doesn't count. Give the guys a break. Um, that's all I cared about from the Hall of Fame game. Uh, and you are right. That's probably because it made Pauly happy. If the Cowboys won, we're leading off the show with that just so we can make Pauly sad. We 100% think Felicia Leggett-Jack should be the next coach of the women's team. Yes or no? Yes, I don't see why not i you've got it mike curtis said it earlier you need to get this one right felicia legat jack has a ton of support and you've heard brennax talking about you retire her number and for the first game and have her announced as head coach around the same time this has just got to be right and you could get some female leadership you could get a former player you could get someone who's local uh, we'll see what happens, but that's about as good a pick as any that I'm seeing right now. Uh, the Twitch audience heard this, QSportsTalk.com, another great reason to subscribe. But our last guest, Sean Coffey, head coach, and I know it's Division Three, Utica College Men's Basketball, he endorsed her and said he, tr- he had tried to recruit her son, and he didn't quite realize at the time where she was coaching, this is going back, and he ended up going to George Washington, but he's like, she could not have been better. Like, it's the right move to make. Needless to say, we got to step aside. We'll take our break here on the Sports Illustrated Show on ESPN Radio and come back with the last thing we'll say today. Much appreciated, uh, or I'm sorry, preach, J-Cap. Stand by. The Sportzilla Show with Rain and Matt. Can everyone hear me okay? Okay, well, so we've made some amazing adjustments. And, okay. Here's the last thing we'll say today on ESPN Radio, ESPN, and twitch.tv slash Q Sports Talk. Nick Ailes tonight, 
For Yankees on Deck, I believe is going to be our phone guest, Matt Page, the glue guy, and I will return at 6 o'clock. With no axe delay, we will incorporate Jordan Capozzi's foam run to describe Joey Gallo's 340-foot-high home run that also traveled 340 feet. It might have gone 400 feet in the air. It had some hang time over seven seconds. Uh, Wandy Peralta is the 13th pitcher to start a game for the Yankees this season. Last time that happened, uh, it was 2014. Capuana, Green, Corota, McCarthy, Mitchell, Nova, Nuno, uh, Phelps, Pineda, Rogers, Sabathia, Tanaka, and Whitley. Wow. That's a Molly crew. Uh, he is going to be an opener, clearly. You ready for Yankees on deck at 6? We'll take a quick break, get that ready, and be back. It's ESPN Radio and the Sportzilla Show. There's no Sportzilla Show delay because there's no X today. Have a good night.